Hello and welcome. My name is Amelia, otherwise known as DJ EJ, and this is Club Crime, a true crime broadcast recording live at KTCU. How are we all doing today? I'm honestly feeling really good. However, I am a little bit tired. I did kind of have a long weekend. I was in a drag show over the weekend. So it was super fun, but just a little bit drained. But I promise you this is going to be a super high energy, super fun episode. But hey, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, what are you doing? Go listen to Club Crime on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music. And if you haven't followed me on social media yet, what the heck are you doing? Go follow at Club Crime Official on Instagram and Twitter and just come support me. I love when you guys reach out to me. I love when you guys ask for story requests and you guys DM me or you guys comment on my, my posts and everything. So just keep it up. I honestly, I see it all even if I don't interact with it always it just makes my heart very happy so I thank you all for that but now it is time for me to do my favorite thing which is to introduce my super special guest so Colin would you like to introduce yourself hello uh, my, uh, my name is Colin I am a student at TCU I am a BFA musical theater major and I am from Los Angeles California <laughs> Oh my goodness. How are you? How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so happy you're here. Uh, you were, didn't get to be here last week because you were sick, unfortunately. I was violently ill. I ended up going to the ER. <laughs> but I'm so glad things worked out for you to be here with me tonight. But tell us all, what is your interest in true crime? Anything kind of spooky? Anything kind of in that vein? I am a true. I am a true crime enthusiast. I have not listened. To, I, I I have not been into all of the like true crime documentaries that um, documentaries mm-hmm. that are out that are out there recently. Just mm-hmm. be, just because of um, life as a college student. But um, exactly. Um, but, um, but um but mysteries are always um, are always my favorite thing. My favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite books is Gone Girl. So oh, so so, okay. so, I'm, so I'm so I'm always drawn to um, I'm, mm-hmm. um to like the mysteries and um, and and and, um, and things like that. And I love mm-hmm. pe- and I love piecing together things. The the the, be- the best thing I feel like with true crime, um, at, um, at least I feel mm-hmm. is um, at, um, at least what I feel is where um, is where like you're able to do a lot of the research on yourself mm-hmm. and you're able to like create your own conclusions and mm-hmm. things like that. That's I agree. that's that's the fun part I for agree. me. Like unsolved stuff. Are you yes. a fan of BuzzFeed Unsolved at all? Yes. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. That was my favorite thing is like trying to come up with my own theories for all their stuff. Yes. And they've definitely been talked about quite a few times on this podcast. Yep. But I actually just told you something super interesting so tell everyone where kind of specifically in LA you're from so I was not made aware of this and 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 hopefully my family is not watching and hopefully my family's not listening to this otherwise otherwise we're probably gonna move but apparently um but apparently the place where I live in LA because I'm I'm, because where I live in LA if you're if you're familiar with California areas I live right on the border of Simi Valley and I was made aware that the area where I used to live was actually right near where the Mason family the Manson used to live, family, or, yeah. or, or Manson family, yes. Yeah, so call back to the very first ever episode of Club Crime when I talked about this. Um, yeah, you actually live right near where the Manson family used to live, and right near where my grandma lives, and if you've never listened to the very first episode, um, very big callback, my grandma, while she was pregnant with my mom, used to do her washing in the laundromat where the Manson family would like beg for money and then go give the money back to Charles Manson who was like waiting down the street at a liquor store. 
so that's horrifying i know i it gives me the heebie-jeebies every time i think about it but yeah you honestly la yeah. is a very big area for true yeah. crime yeah i yeah i pro- i promise i promised my fr- i promised my friend kaden um the um the one i got back home for the summer i'd buy a gun oh my <laughs> gosh yeah i mean the world's a scary place but i think in like the 70s there was like you had like a 30 percent chance of getting killed by a serial killer just because there were so many like active and present at that time yes which i mean another callback to a previous episode my dad actually grew up right next door to a serial killer and was friends with his son which one the hillside strangler oh my god shut up i I I think I think that I, I think that a fam I think that a family friend a friend of a friend was actually a hillside strangler victim. Now that I think <gasps> about it. Oh my gosh! Oh, that just gives me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. But all right. Well, are you, I have another question. Are you a horror movie fan? Yes. Okay, because there's actually a movie based on the story I'm going to tell you about today. But before we get into that, are you ready for me to tell you your guest duties? Yes. Okay. I'm going to tell you a true crime story. It is your job to react, ask questions, add in your own personal anecdotes, and just add to the story in any way that you want. Does that make sense? I got my computer ready to research. All right. You have to promise everyone that I did not tell you at all what the story tonight was going to be. Cross my heart and swear to God on the life of my kids. Okay. Do you want to throw any random like shots in the dark about what the story could be? It's about a plane. Yes. Yes, I do drop hints on the social media, so there is a plane involved. Do you have any other things you want to maybe guess? No, ju- no, just that I know it's a plane. Just you know that there's a plane involved? All right, yeah. well, tonight's story that I'm going to tell you is the story of the Butcher Baker. <laughs> Sources for tonight's story include medium.com, oxygen, true crime, all that's interesting.com, alaska.gov, and we all know her, we all love her, Miss Wikipedia. (laughs) My favorite primary source. Yep. All right, well, let's get into the background. Robert Christian Bose Hansen was born on February 15th, 1939 in Esterville, Iowa. Happy birthday, Robert. (laughs) Happy belated birthday. (laughs) The eldest of two children, Hansen grew up working for his father, who was a domineering Danish immigrant that ran a local bakery in Esterville. Hansen and his father had a difficult relationship. Hansen was naturally left-handed, but his father forced him to work with his right hand while at the bakery. This switch caused Hansen to develop a lifelong verbal stutter. In high school, Hansen was described as quote-unquote painfully shy and a quote-unquote loner. Not only was Hansen mocked for his stutter, but he also had severe acne that left his face with deep, permanent scars. Hansen, who spent most of his time alone, sought refuge in game hunting and archery. In an effort to turn his life around, Hansen enlisted in the United States Army Reserve in 1957 at 18 years old. However, he was discharged a year later. So, already the starts of a classic serial killer. He is quite the looker, I must say. Really? You think he's attractive? Yes! I don't. Really? I don't know. I think it's... 
I mean, I, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, here's the thing. The mugshot photo, he definitely looks like he, he like I can like you definitely see the imp, um, like 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 the acne scar indents. Mm-hmm. But 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 I'm seeing but I'm seeing another picture from when he was younger, and I'm like and, and I'm like and I'm like, why does he kind of look like like he's like James Dean hot? <laughs> Mm, you think he looks okay yes now that you say that i can kind of see that in some of the younger pictures yeah. i don't know he's yeah. just not yeah. my type and also yeah and um, and also there's one and also there's one photo of him where he's holding like 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 a goat like goat horns mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. if you look up that's like one of the first pictures that pops up if you yes. look him up and I'm, yes and i'm and i'm like and i'm and i'm like in, and I'm like, interesting. I want, I want to know how you source those goat horns. I will say, like, I don't think he's like my type, but I also don't think he deserves the bullying that he probably got. Yes. Like he's, you know, acne is acne. Exactly. It's hormones. Exactly. It's hormones. Yes. But I will say, it is his fault that he has those scars. Because if you pick at them, you're gonna get scars. Yeah. That's just the unfortunate truth. Yeah. yeah. Just, just, j- yeah. Just, just get, just get, ac- just get Accutane and use coconut oil and tea tree oil. Mm, okay. <laughs> hacks yes but already really just the start of a serial killer we have issues with his family as seen in many serial killer cases he likes to hunt and hurt animals another classic serial killer thing (laughs) Um, a lot of serial killers actually go into the army which is interesting but i honestly think a lot of them do it to like help with their marksmanship if they're going to be like gun killing i mean serial killers i mean i highly doubt that um that someone goes into the army looking to be a serial killer no that's not what i'm saying i'm just saying if you're like developing like if you're a developing serial killer if you're going through serial killer puberty i think you go to the (laughs) army serial killer puberty (laughs) no you don't go to the army to be a serial killer if you're a serial killer you go to the army to be a better serial killer So, following his time in the Army, Hansen worked as an assistant drill instructor at a police academy in Pocahontas, Iowa. While working, Hansen met his first wife, who he married in the summer of 1960. Although life was looking up for Hansen, at age 21, Hansen convinced a bakery worker at his father's bakery to help him burn down a Pocahontas County school bus garage at his old high school. The bakery worker ended up confessing to the arson. Thus, Hansen was arrested on December 7, 1960. Hansen served 20 months of a three-year prison sentence in Anamosa State Penitentiary. While in prison, Hansen's wife divorced him, and he was diagnosed with manic depression with periodic schizophrenic episodes. The psychiatrist who made his diagnosis described Hansen as having a quote-unquote infantile personality and was obsessed with getting back at anyone he thought quote-unquote wronged him. So... I can understand that, like, you wanting to get, like, revenge on someone. I don't know. When I was, like, younger and I used to get bullied, Mm -hmm. I used to imagine, like, you know the scene in um, Princess Diaries where she takes the ice cream and, like, spreads it all over the girl's shirt? Yes. I always imagined doing that. But that was, like, the most of the revenge that I wanted. Yes. It's why you, yeah it's yeah it's yeah it's why you listen to rock music that's it's why you listen to, like rock like 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 honest like honestly the song choke by um by I prevail got me through a lot got me through a lot of my revenge plots really <laughs> yes mm. I can see that honestly that's kind of what I did too I turned to like music and theater because I was like if people don't like me I'll just be the star and then exactly. they have to like me exactly. So. 
So after being arrested several more times for petty thefts, Hansen married his second wife, Darla Hendrickson, in 1963, and the couple had two children. The family then moved to Anchorage, Alaska in 1967. So I should say, like, I'll take a little pause. The person who requested this was my brother, because my brother currently lives in Anchorage, Alaska. And my dad used to live in Alaska. So both of them, this is like my quote-unquote familial connection to this one. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I've been to Anchorage three times. Love it there. Beautiful place. I recommend for everyone to go to Alaska at least once in their lives. I have not been to Alaska in over a decade. (laughs) Really? Where did you go in Alaska? I don't know. I was not a conscious potato yet. <laughs> yeah. I do you remember like the moment you became conscious? Um yes, actually. Really? What yeah. was yours? Um m- um my first moment was walking into preschool as a 3-year-old. Mm, okay. Yes. Like it like vi- like vivid memory. Mm-hmm. Vivid memory. Really? Yes. Okay. Mine is and I could have made this up, but I'm pretty sure it's a v- real vivid memory is being on the changing table and my dad changing my diaper and like cussing over me about like how much it stank (laughs) like i just have a vivid memory and maybe i've made that up but i just in my head i like have it so like deeply ingrained in there but if that's not a true memory i guess my true first conscious memory is when i got my hands stuck in an elevator when i was four sounds about right yeah i got it stuck in between the door and the slot it goes in and then it took like six people to pull me out. Was that like, w- would you say that that was like your worst childhood injury? Or like, No, because I still have like, <laughs> I was at my cousin's track meet and I was climbing on the fence and my mom kept telling me to get down and then I'd climb back up. But then one time I slid down and I like sliced open my arm. Oh no. And I still have the scar from it. But yeah. I feel like out of those two, it had to have been one of them. But I feel like there was probably worse that I did. Yeah. You know, I think those are just the ones that I remember. Mm -hmm. Okay. So getting back in. So he moves to Anchorage and Hanson was known to be well liked by his neighbors in Anchorage. And he even opened his own bakery. Hanson also continued to hunt in Alaska, setting several local hunting records. He also bought a small Piper PA-18 Super Cub airplane after getting his pilot's license in order to fly to remote hunting areas. So that is the plane that I showed on my Instagram. I love Super Cubs. Those are some of my favorite small planes to fly in. Despite having a good reputation, though, Hansen turned back to crime. In December of 1971, Hansen was arrested for two different attacks against two different women in Alaska. The first woman... A housewife named Susie Hippard was held at gunpoint in her own home. According to Hansen, he followed Hippard home after she gave him a quote-unquote flirtatious look. Hansen then reportedly forced himself into Hippard's home, attempted to rape her, but she was able to get away. The second woman, a sex worker named Patricia Patty Roberts, was hired by Hansen. Roberts then was taken to Kenai Lake and then tied up and raped before being released once Hansen was finished. Hansen pleaded no contest to assault with a deadly weapon in the Hapard case. The rape charge involving Roberts was dropped as part of a plea bargain. 
Hansen was sentenced to five years in prison, but only served six months of his sentence as he was placed on a work release program and released to a halfway house. In 1976, Hansen was arrested again, but this time for larceny after being caught stealing a chainsaw from an Anchorage Fred Meyer store. Hansen was then sentenced to five years in prison with the requirement that he receive psychiatric treatment for his bipolar disorder. Hansen appealed his case and was released with time served. Over the next seven years, Hansen kept a relatively low profile, stopped receiving complaints from his neighbors, and stayed out of jail. Hansen was even able to make friends with several upstanding members of the Anchorage community who would later provide him alibis. So, pretty rough kind of start to his life. Yes. Um, but everyone just thinks he's kind of this upstanding guy. Like, eh, he did some bad things once, but you know what? We'll forgive him because he's a nice guy and he just runs a bakery. Yeah. Well, we're about to see how wrong they are. Yes. And 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 did so? Did he have bipolar and schizophrenia? So he was diagnosed with bipolar. I think the second time he went to prison. Okay. The first time he went to prison, that was when he was diagnosed with schizophrenia okay. and depression. Okay. Okay. So he just has quite a bit going on. Yeah. Up in up in his brain. Yeah. But I'm curious if he. Ha- I'm, I'm I'm curious if he had. I'm, I'm, I mean I see that he's dead now, but like <laughs> I'm curious. I'm curious. I'm that actually makes me wonder if he had some kind of like schizoaffective disorder. Because I'm, I'm, I'm because mm. I'm, I'm because that's because that's basically like the I'm um, like mm-hmm. the combination of like of like bipolar depression mm-hmm. and schizophrenia and it's marked by like prof, prof, like profound mood swings mm-hmm. and like periodic psychoses. Yeah, honestly, that's super interesting to think about. Mm-hmm. And I would, I wish so many of these serial killers were like still alive, so we could like get into their brains mm-hmm. about so many. Because I feel like we have the technology now yes. to truly like understand them more, especially someone like Jeffrey Dahmer who mm-hmm. was like unfortunately killed in prison but if he was still alive i feel like he would be such a useful person to research on Mm -hmm. so kind of interesting Mm -hmm. but now we're going to kind of see just how awful this man is (laughs) and let's talk about cindy paulson's escape on june 13th 1983 17 year old sex worker cindy paulson was found running barefoot and handcuffed down anchorage's sixth avenue attempting to flag down a driver the truck driver that picked up paulson robert yount dropped her off at the mush inn where she ran inside to call her boyfriend while yount called the police when the police arrived paulson told them her story A man had stopped in his car to offer Paulson $200 to perform oral sex on him. Once Paulson got into the car, the man then pulled a gun on Paulson and drove her to his home in the Muldoon neighborhood in Anchorage. In the home, Paulson was held captive and repeatedly raped and tortured by the man. When he was finished, the man then chained Paulson by her neck to a post in a nearby in his basement before taking a nap nearby. When the man awoke, he put Paulson in his car and drove to Merrill Field Airport. The man told Paulson he was planning to, quote, take her out to his cabin, end quote, located in the Matanuska Sustit. I suck at names. Matanuska Sasitna Valley, Matanuska Sasitna, got it, Valley, about 35 miles north of Anchorage. While the man was loading the airplane and had his back turned, 
Paulson was able to crawl out of the back seat and escape out the passenger side door. Paulson left her blue sneakers on the door on the floor underneath the passenger seat to leave evidence that she had been in the car. She's smart. Yes. I don't think I would think to do that. Yes. I feel like I'd be like, I need shoes to run fast. <laughs> but she's smart, honestly. Yes. Survival tips 101. If you're like kidnapped or something and you're able to get away, leave something in the vehicle to yes. show that you were there. Even if it's like your hair. Yeah. Like pull out some of your hair and leave that sprinkled around. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I yes. I um I um I always um, I always love I always love hearing survival stories. Mm-hmm. Like I'm 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 like this. I'm I am i am like this. i am like this like i am I'm like I heard one survival story where I'm where she um where she was like I'm I'm where, I'm where like I'm where like where like this this like woman was ki- um, was kidnapped at like 15 years old or something mm-hmm. and she was driven to um and she was driven to this guy um, um, to, um, to like her kidnapper's apartment and mm-hmm. she um, and she um, and she like um, 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 and she like asked to like clean his house or something and that's when she was like getting information like okay I'm like like okay hmm. there's like a there's a brush that has red hair on it so there's a woman with red hair mm-hmm. that lives here there's a dentist I'm, I need to memorize that phone number so those 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 stories are um, are, um, are always like the most triumphant I um, I, um, I, I, feel I agree like, yeah. I like those too because it's like I feel like in the moment I wouldn't be able to think of that, but at the same time, it's like when you have to get away, you're remembering everything yes. that you possibly can. Yes. So I don't know. Maybe I need to give myself more credit and just pat myself on the back and say, if I ever get kidnapped, I'll remember what to do. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> I also feel like I'd be one of those persons that would just like yap my way out of it, though. I'd be like, "Hey, can I sing you Defying Gravity right now?" <laughs> What would you think? Can I give you a show? Would you let me go if I gave you a little show right now? Yeah. And then they'd just be like, "Oh, it's a theater kid. Like, wait, get them out of my wait, car." Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Have you actually heard that like um that like Robert Pattinson like stalker story? <gasps> no. Okay. Okay. Um. Okay. So th- this is hilarious. This is hilarious. Okay. I'm. Um, um, okay. Um, okay. So basically, Robert Pattinson had a stalker. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like I'm like a fe- I'm like a female stalker. Mm-hmm. And um um and um and to um and to get and to get her off his back, he mm-hmm. literally like he literally like w- like went out on a date with her and just complained <gasps> the entire date. And then she and then at the end of the day, she was just she was just like, okay, why was I obsessed with this guy? This is ridiculous. Uh, that's like kind of. I feel like that's a dumb idea because so many things could go wrong, but at the same time, it's like, that's smart. Yes. Like, do everything you can to do get this person. Do everything you like, can to make yourself as unattractive as possible. Yeah. Honestly, that is kind of smart. Okay. So, moving forward, after Paulson told her story to the police, she was asked to describe the man who attacked her. The man was a good match to Robert Hansen, even down to Paulson's description of his stutter and the description of his airplane. Hansel was brought in for questioning and denied Paulson's accusation, saying she was making up the story in order to make him pay, quote unquote, extortion demands. Hansen's friend, John Henning, also provided an alibi for Hansen. This, combined with Hansen's lately upstanding behavior, led the police to release Hansen. Despite this, investigator Greg Barker had a hunch that Paulson was telling the truth. Barker started looking into missing people in the area, and Maxine Farrell, another investigator, also began looking into the same thing. So now we can talk about some previous murders that were in the area that eventually will get connected back to Hanson. On July 17th, 1980, an ele- electrical workers near Alcutna, 
or Eklutna, sorry, found the body of an unknown woman, later dubbed Eklutna Annie by the police. A facial reconstruction sketch was made of the woman and released to the public, but no one came forward with any information. That same year, 1980, Joanne Messina, 24's body was found in a gravel pit near Seward. Then, in 1982, Sherry Moreau's 23 remains were discovered in a shallow grave near the Kinnick River. Both women were sex workers. Maxine Farrell used the profiles of Cindy Paulson and Eklutna Annie to connect a pattern. Every year, from 1971 to 1983, at least one sex worker was reported missing in Anchorage. Police dismissed most, most of these cases as simple runaways, but Farrell believed their disappearances to be the work of a serial killer. When Farrell initially presented her findings to the Anchorage Police Department, they dismissed her. However, once the body of Messina and Moreau were discovered, the bodies of Messina and Moreau were discovered, police were able to connect them to Farrell's profile, and then the police changed their mind. By this time, Detective Glenn Floth of the Alaska State Troopers had contacted the FBI to help him create an offender profile during his own investigation of Eklutna Annie, Messina, and Moreau. Special Agent Don John Douglas, who would eventually help create a profile that would catch Jeffrey Dahmer, was able to determine that the offender would be an experienced hunter, has a history of being bullied, a history of being rejected by women, would feel compelled to keep quote-unquote souvenirs of his murders, and might have a stutter from his social rejection. How do people create profiles that accurate? That's what I want to know. I think I think that like the whole idea is that it um, it, um is that it's um is that it's supposed to narrow is um it, um is that it's supposed to like ex um, is it supposed to exclude the majority mm -hmm. of people from um from the criminal profile? Mm -hmm. Inter interestingly, this in interestingly the stutter. Th I don't I don't know I don't know how they figure um, um they figure out the stutter. That's what I was wondering. Is like how is it like everything else kind of makes sense of like yeah. okay they were probably like rejected you know probably like an experienced hunter based on like the bullet wounds in the body but then like a stutter yeah how do you come to that conclusion and have it be accurate yes. as well i don't know that's just super interesting in my opinion mm -hmm. so using this information detective floth was able to identify robert hansen as a prime suspect Farrell and Douglas's profiles and Cindy Paulson's testimony were enough for Floth and Anchorage Police Department to be granted a search warrant for Hansen's plane, vehicles, and home. Are you ready to know what they found? Yes. This is crazy. So they don't I'm gonna warn you now, they don't find any bodies, but they find like a lot of stuff. On October twenty seventh, nineteen eighty three. Investigators enter Robert Hansen's home and find a collection of jewelry belonging to missing to the missing women in the area and a large collection of hunting rifles hidden in Hansen's attic. A necklace from the collection was identified to have belonged to Sherry Moreau. Behind Hansen's headboard, an aeronautical map chart with 37 X marks were found. 
Some of the X marks matched some of the previous bodies that had been found. Hansen's wife and children were both at home during the time of this investigation and had no idea of the, in, of the clues that the police found. They were shocked by it. I, if I were the police, I would have asked them to leave. I would have been like, hey, we need to come in. Like, I think y'all just should like go get ice cream right now. <laughs> the fact that they stayed in the house. That's, that, that's, that's, that's actually a smart idea. Especially, especially for the kids' sake. Mm-hmm. Like, 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 does it, I mean, it doesn't say how old the kids were mm-hmm. when they found, okay, so. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, yeah, that's, 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 that's just horrible. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I didn't research into this, but I'm pretty sure that the wife stayed with him for the kid's sake, having known about like his convictions and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I would have made them go somewhere else. Yeah, I wouldn't want it like they can find out at a later time. But to find it out right as the police are finding it out is crazy to me. Yeah. So. Ooh, I think. Ooh, I think. Ooh, I think. I just found a picture of the um of the um aeronautical map that they mm-hmm. found. They have a picture. Yes. It's a big map too, and it yeah. covers a large area. Yeah. And aeronautical. And and also and and also and also I'll say that and also I'll say this, but um but but I um but I actually have a background in uh, um in aviation. Really? I actually um, um, I actually um, I actually took flight school. Um, um I um um because um because because I'm. Because I'm a I'm a really I'm a really old sophomore. I took a year <laughs> off out of high school, mm-hmm. um, and um, and, um, and during that year off, I took fl- um, I took flight school. I did not f- I did not finish unfortunately because I came to college. However, um, um however, aeronaut- aeronautical maps are um, are complicated because mm-hmm. um, um, be- um because um because there's like codes for everything. Mm-hmm. There's like codes for mountains, rivers, different um, um different like satellite stations and di- um, um and different kinds of like airspaces mm-hmm. and things like that. So, I looked at the map and I was not able to decipher it. Yeah. At all. Cause, yeah, because yeah, yeah, it's 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 its own it, it's its own language. Mm-hmm. So when he was taken in for questioning, Hansen initially insisted that he was innocent, but when the evidence was presented to him, but and that his and when the evidence was presented to him, and then his friends went back on their alibis, Hansen tried to argue that it was the women's fault to justify his actions. Eventually. Hansen confessed to every piece of evidence shown to him and admitted to a spree of attacks against Alaskan women starting in 1971. He told assistant assistant district attorney Frank Rothschild that his victims were typically sex workers. Hansen then said he would pick up these sex workers, kidnap them, and bring him bring them to his home, where he would then assault them before bringing them to the airport and putting them in his airplane. Then Hansen would fly the women out to secluded areas, release them, and hunt them for sport using a knife or a hunting rifle. Hansen only admitted initially to four murders slash attacks but then disclosed his entire list of victims though it is likely that there were more he did not admit here is the list of known victims celia beth ann vanton megan siobhan emrick mary kathleen thill eklutna annie joanne messina roxanne eastland sherry moreau Lisa Futrell, Andrea Mona, Andrea Mona, quote unquote, Fish, her nickname was Fish Altieri, Sue Luna, Robin Pleckley, 
Delin Sugar Renee, Sugar is her nickname, Paula Golding, Malai Larson, Teresa Watson, Angela Lynn Fedrin, Tamara Tammy Peterson, and Cindy Paulson, who survived. So, after admitting to all this, Hansen then also admitted that if he kidnapped a woman, brought her out to the middle of nowhere, and started hunting her, if she was able to successfully convince him why they should be able to live, he would return them as long as they promised not to tell the police. I don't know how I don't know how you put you put that you put that trust in 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 in, in victims. That's like the stupidest move. I would be like, yeah, I promise I won't tell anyone. And then I'd get on a flight immediately and be like calling like the police in the airport. Exactly. Like, I'd be like, hey, I'm going to Hawaii right now, but this guy just kidnapped me. Yes. But. Yes. That is a lot. I agree. Yes. That's a, a lot of faith to put in your victims. Yeah. But also, like, victim, like, shame and, like, victim, um, what is victim's guilt? Like, you don't want to tell the police because you're just so yes. guilty that this happened to mm-hmm. you. So it's kind of a double-edged sword there. Yeah. But now we can get into the aftermath of this case. Mm-hmm. So no more people have died. Thank God. But Hansen's charges included assault kidnapping, multiple weapons offenses, theft, and insurance fraud, which was added after it was discovered that Hansen filed a claim that some of his hunting trophies were stolen and used that money that he got to buy his plane. I think that's just interesting. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, Wait a minute. Wait a wait a minute. How, wait wait a minute. If he bought if, if he bought the plane to fly them to seclu- to fly them to secluded areas, then what did he use before? He didn't start till after he bought that plane. Oh, okay. So, so, wait. So where did he? So where did he get the trophies? He, they were his hunting trophies. So he would like win awards for his hunting because he was such a good marksman. Oh, you're right. I forgot about that. But then he would. What he did is he took his. Um, trophies and went and hid them in his backyard and then said to insurance companies that they were missing and then when he got his money he'd take them out of the backyard and go put them back in his trophy case (laughs) which that's iconic that's what i that's the kind of thing i would do to make money like don't do insurance fraud but if you're gonna do it do it like that disclaimer don't do insurance don't do insurance fraud but if you're gonna do it do it like that okay So Hansen entered into a plea bargain during his trial, and he confessed to only four of the 17 known victims to essentially get a lesser charge. And the four he confessed to were the bodies of Moro, Messina, Golding, and Eklutna Annie. Did they ever find out who the Eklutna Annie was? They've never discovered her true identity. Really? Her name to this day is just known as Eklutna Annie. Okay. And 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 this ha- and this happened when? Eklutna Annie, I think, was thought to have been killed in the late seventies. Okay. I want to say. And she was and she was discovered not long after that, or years after that. Because years I'm, after that. Okay, uh, okay. Because I'm thinking, okay, if it was in the seventies, then you would think that she has dental records somewhere. But mm-hmm. but but especially if she was fa- if she was found long afterward, then she was probably too decomposed to mm-hmm. find. That's why anything. they had to do the facial reconstruction yes. of her because okay. her she was just too far gone. Mm-hmm. So 
He also agreed to provide information about other victims as well as the X marks on his aviation map in return for serving a sentence in a federal prison. And then he also asked for no further publicity in the press. The press, prior to this agreement, had given Hansen the nickname of the Butcher Baker. Hansen was able to show investigators 17 grave sites around Alaska, 12 of which were unknown to the authorities at the time. Some marks on Hansen's aviation map he refused to give up. Investigators believe that two of the marks belong to the graves of missing persons Mary Thill and Megan Emmerich, who are on his list, though Hansen did deny several times that he killed them. But they're pretty positive that he did kill them. Did they, did they did they ever go back to those graves? Do they ever do they ever go back to those sites on the map and try and like find the graves or so? The the graves of Mary Thill and Megan Emmerich are actually underwater. They're in the ocean. Oh. The other ones are not though. The other ones are true graves. Oh, okay. So in total. Um, police believe that Hansen killed between 21 to 37 victims based on his aviation map, despite his confessions saying otherwise. However, police were able to exhume 12 bodies from the 17 revealed grave sites and return them to their families. So that's the positive. Yeah. I mean, as positive as you can get exactly. in something like this. Exactly. During sentencing... Hansen was sentenced to 461 years in prison without possibility of parole. Hansen was first imprisoned at the United States Penitentiary Lewisburg in Lewisburg, Pennsylvania. But in 1988, he was returned to Alaska and put in the Lemon Creek Correctional Center in Juneau before being taken to Spring Creek Correctional Center in Seward. I didn't know there was a prison in Seward. And I've been to Seward a lot. <laughs> Well, the more you know. <laughs> In May 2014, Hansen was sent to the Anchorage Correctional, Co Correctional Complex for health issues. He died on August 21st, 2014 at age 75 at the Alaska Regional Hospital in Anchorage due to natural causes. And that is the story of the Butcher Baker. All right. So we have a text from my mom who is currently listening. <laughs> So she wants to know the name of the movie, and she also commented that it's very scary to be hunted. I would be terrified to be hunted. What's isn't isn't there like a classic literature story? It's called the most dangerous game, right? Yes, yes, I remember reading it in elementary or not elementary school, um, high school. It's on my list. It's really? on my list. I think I've read an excerpt of it, but I've never. It was read in the our textbooks. We yes. got to read it. Yeah, that the story that Colin's talking about. Basically, this rich guy unknowingly pays for people to be flown out to this island and then when they get to the island he goes like on like a loudspeaker you guys are being hunted and then in the story one of them like outsmarts him and like kills the like millionaire mm. basically but mm. it's a really good story you yeah. should read it it's yeah. super interesting okay so the movie i don't have it off the top of my head let me look it up It is called Frozen Ground, and it was made in 2013. And so Robert Hansen is played by John Cusack. Cindy Paulson is played by Vanessa Hudgens. And then Nicolas Cage plays Sergeant Jack Holcomb, which is a fictional character based off of one of the investigators in the case. Ooh, Gia Montagna. 
Criminal mm-hmm. Criminal Minds fans that are listening know that name. Mm-hmm. And then we have like Dean Norris, who is from Breaking Bad. A lot of actually huge names in this movie, but I watched it last night in preparation for it, and it's it's a th- technically considered a thriller, but I thought it was pretty scary, yeah. honestly. Um, great movie, great acting, honestly. Nicolas Cage, I've never been the biggest fan, but he did a great job. <laughs> Vanessa Hudgens, I was like, Ugh, you're not you're not all in this together anymore. You're <laughs> I'm definitely out of high school. Um, but it's a great movie. I really recommend people to go watch it if you want to like see a visual version of this case. But yeah, what did you think? What what questions or comments do you have about this case? Um, I, um, as um as um as I w- um as I was reading it and as um and as I was trying to like find research for this, I f- um I found a I found a um, Robert Hansen um cr- um Criminal Minds wiki. Um, hmm. I, um, ironically enough, and the, and and the, um and this def and this definitely does make um does make me think of um um does make me think of that one um um that one episode where um um where where, where instead it was like two guys and they um and they were I mean they were trying mm-hmm. and they were trying to hunt people in the woods. I feel, I feel like, I feel like his, his, um, I feel like his M, I, I feel like his, I mean, I mean, first off his victim, I mean, first off his victimology is, pr- mm-hmm. um, is pretty, um, is pretty, um, is pretty typical just, um, I'm um, just because, I'm uh, ju- um, just because like it's just because like his, um, his, um, his victims were all sex workers and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and those, and, and, the, and, and that's, and that's typical for serial killers mm-hmm. because, um, because like, because they're like, um, because they're like. Easy, easy to easy to pick up, quote unquote, and um, um, and um, and also, um, and, and also, and also, and also, like it's hard to, it's hard to, it's hard to get, it's hard to get people to find them, especially, especially because Cindy Paulson was seventeen, mm-hmm. like, like, uh, like, um, like, oh my gosh, I, you like, can oh actually gosh, find the imagine. list online of all these people of yes. all his victims, and they're all pretty young, mm-hmm. and some of them aren't sex workers actually, but okay. almost all, like, most of them are, yeah, which is sad, mm-hmm. unfortunately, but. Yeah. Yeah, this is a sad case, but mm-hmm. I'm glad I covered it. Um, my like I said, my dad and my brother had been talking to, about me with like talking about this case, and I'm glad I did because this is a fascinating case. Yes, you'd be surprised how much like true crime happens in Alaska, but it's honestly kind of the perfect place because it's like it's, yeah, the it's, last yeah, frontier. It's, it's desolate. desolate. Like you can get away with quite a bit mm-hmm. if you wanted to. Well, do you have any final questions or comments or anything else you'd like to add? Um, hu- um, um, hu- um, hunting people in the woods definitely, sh- um, definitely shows that definitely shows that, um, um, that, um, that, el- that element of sadism within mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Um, don't be a serial killer. <laughs> uh, if you have mental health needs, please go search out like help from someone. Don't turn to hunting people because that's just not good. Um, there's so many hotlines out there and resources, and I know TCU has a lot of resources. Oh, Count- counseling help counseling helpline eight one seven two five seven seven two three three. There you go. If you need some counseling, go call that right n- that number right now. But. Colin, I thank you so much for being on the show with thank me tonight. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun, and you are now a part of the club that is Club Crime. Hell yeah. And to all my listeners, please join us next week when I have a new guest joining us with a new surprise story. And this has been Club Crime. <laughs>